With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mike's on. He's ready to go. On the fan. New York Sports Radio. Mike's on. Mike's on. To get you the sports any way that he can. It's Mike Francis on the fan. Sports Radio 66 and 101.9 FM. WFAN, this is Mike Zahn, Francesca on the fan on this Tuesday, the 12th day of February. A nice day to be anywhere but in New York or anywhere uh, outside the Northeast on a slushy, ugly, snowy day. Nice day to be in Florida or anywhere else where it's warm. Um, and also a nice time to go to school. When we went to school, I, I don't remember us getting off this easy. Last night I get a call from the school, 11 o'clock, uh, school's canceled tomorrow. Wait, it's not snowing. Well, I'm talking back to a machine, so it didn't do me any good. But I'm saying, it's not snowing. I pick up the phone, it's not snowing. Nine o'clock this morning, it's not snowing. Hey, great. Get the day off. Snows a little bit. Well, kids don't want to go home in the snow. So that's basically it. So like two inches of snow on the ground, and they get the day off. Not a bad deal if you can get it. But you know what it is? They budget in these snow days now, and they want to use them. That's what it comes down to. And if they get to February and they haven't used them, they're going to use them no matter what. Uh, and today was the day that clearly... You could have gone to school. I mean, that goes without saying. Could have absolutely gone to school today. I mean, but didn't happen. So uh, a snow day on a day where we got about an inch and a half of snow. And now it's kind of slushy and sleety and ugly out there. So take your time as you head through the uh, afternoon. Uh, yesterday, late in the day, we had uh, Brody Van Wagen on, the Met General Manager. Chatted about 35 minutes about a bunch of things. One of the things was DeGrom and clearly... He was tiptoeing, and clearly where they are right now. And if I'm the Mets, I don't want to. I don't want them to negotiate off this last year either. I mean, think about it. The Mets had to go to arbitration. Seven became seventeen million. Okay, they went in their pocket and gave them ten million more. They're paying them seventeen million this year. A lot of money. Is he worth more? Absolutely. He's coming off a year that probably he'll never have again. A year that most pitchers never have in their career, and he wants to negotiate off that year. If he's smart, his agent should want to negotiate off last year. The ground should want to negotiate off last year. The last thing the Mets want to do is negotiate off last year. So, you know, the idea of it being a opening day, you know, deadline, where after that, no negotiation, that helps the Mets. That doesn't help the ground. If I'm the Mets, I just want to get to opening day and then say, go ahead, pitch. I want you to pitch. And then let's negotiate. Because all I can do is do better. I can't do worse. If I, how can I do worse? You can't pitch any better than you did last year. Of course you want to negotiate off that year. I don't want to negotiate a big long-term contract off that year. I'm in a bad position. I have no leverage. You know, you bowled a 300. I don't, want to, I don't want to negotiate off that. I want to wait. Do you have a couple of bad starts or an injury or something else? And, you know, then I want to negotiate. 
I want to negotiate off two bad performances in May where you gave up nine earned runs. That's what I want to Hey, negotiate. Let's go. That's what you're looking for. So the bottom line is, is clearly it's about negotiating when you have leverage. Right now the leverage is all in DeGrom's camp, 100%. The Mets don't have anything to stand on. He's coming off an incredible year. His last pitching performance for the season was tremendous. What you want to do is say, hey, gave you $17 million to buy to tide you over. You went from 7 to 17 You got a good bump. You're with us two more years. You can't go anywhere. You can be angry, but you can't go anywhere. And the guys who say things like, well, he'll pull himself out of games, that's the kind of guy I don't want anywhere near my business, my team, or anything else because that's, you don't want someone who does that. That's not what this is about. And you don't want any player who thinks that way, and unfortunately too many players now think that way. I'll just pull myself out of the game, or I won't give 100%, or I'll say I'm hurt. You know what? Those guys, you want them somewhere else. You don't want them on your team. Because this is gamesmanship. There's nothing wrong with what's going on here. It's, it's negotiating when you have a, something to hold on to. And right now, the Grom's got all the leverage. So if you're the Mets, you have no reason not to want to wait. Now, if you buy in that you're never going to get another chance to sign the Grom, well, you know what? I'm not afraid if I'm the Mets to roll that dice. He's got two years left here. Two full years. He can't fool around with these years. These are his prime years. These are his prime earning years. He's not a baby. He's not 23. He's 30. He's going to be 31. These are the most important years of his career. He can't fool with these, nor does he want to. He just wants to get paid well, and that's fine. I'm willing to pay him well, but I'm not willing to break the bank with two years left in the, in the, in the game. I'd be stupid to do that. If I'm the Mets, I want to wait. I want to get it to the All-Star break. Let's see where he is then. And if things are going well but not as well, and listen, I'll make a reasonable I'm sure the Mets are making reasonable offers now. I'm sure he's asking for outrageous money right now. I would do the same thing if I was DeGrom. This is his last big contract. This is the last time he's going to get something with five years on it or something like that. He's 30, going to be 31 years old. So this is it for him. He wants to wipe out his last arbitration. We understand that. He wants to hit the home run. We understand that. And I think the Mets, if I could get him somewhere in a reasonable ballpark, I would sign him. If he's asking in the 30s, I'm not signing him. I'd rather play the two years and then worry about it. Then if he's lights out for those two years, I'm going to have to pay him in the 30s anyway. And if he's not, now I have leverage. And if he goes bad at any point, then I put a numbers in front of him and say, hey, here's home. So right now, Mets have nothing to gain, nothing by negotiating. DeGrom has everything to gain by negotiating. And he'll probably get angry by the time spring training comes around. They'll probably try to flex their muscle a little bit. The Mets ignore it. What's he going to do? Not pitch? No way. Not give his best? I don't think that's what's inside him, nor does that do well for him in the long run anyway. Anyone who recommends that, you want to stay far away from. 
the bottom line is do what you do. And when the numbers meet, you take it. If they don't, then you pitch out of it. You pitch through it. And already in their mind, this 17 is a 30 for them. Okay, you could take that to the bank. They're looking at this 17 like the Mets owe them $13 million. I'd do the same thing. I'd say the Mets owe me $13 million going in. Whatever my deal is, I'm getting paid $13 million that they didn't give me this year. That's how I'm looking at it, if I'm them. And if that doesn't happen where they don't come up with that money, well, then I'm going somewhere else. But right now, the Mets can only lose. They can't win because they have nothing to bargain with. He's got all the chips. All they can do by waiting is get some of the chips back. They can't lose any more chips. They don't have any chips. The guy as the general manager now said basically last year, pay him, pay him. He's worth it at the All-Star break. He's got to get paid. He's earned it. Well, he's now your general manager. He already, he's stuck on those words. They know that. So if you're in the Mets, you're playing dodgeball. And you want to see how mad DeGrom's going to get. That's basically it. If you're DeGrom, you want to get signed, but at your dollar. And your dollar right now starts with a 30. Or a high 20 into the 30s. Somewhere in there. 28 to 32 million dollars a year. Somewhere in there for the next five years. You know, somewhere in that neighborhood. And the Mets figuring, hey, all I can do is make money on this deal. He's got two years left. If he had one year left, it's a different story. He has two years left, and he's not a baby. So you already bumped him 10. He wanted to get bumped a lot more than that. He thought this year it should start with a 30. It starts with a 17. So in the back of his mind, the Mets owe him $13 million. Okay. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. We'll see how it works out. But right now, if I'm the Mets, I dodge it as long as I possibly can. And wait until the deal makes sense for me. And right now, I'd be shy. If, it, if the deal makes sense for the Mets right now, then his agent's a dummy. Because the deal shouldn't make sense for anybody but the Grom right now. He's got all the chips. Now, as far as the Yankees and Machado, who cares what some bookmaker decided they were the favorites? The Yankees are the favorites if they want to be the favorites. That's the bottom line. Sounds like the Yankees are like, hey, if we can steal them, we'll take them. If he's going to, you know, let's see. You know what? I don't need another house, but if they're going to mark that house down to basically half of what it's really worth, you know what? I can always use another house. I can always flip it. That's where the Yankees are. The Yankees are living in a nice big house, and another house went up for sale. They don't need that house. They're fine without it. But if someone's going to give it away and it's worth twice of what they're offering for it, you know, you're getting it for half price, I might take a look. I can always flip it. That's where I think they are with Machado. They see the Machado and Harper people desperately want the Yankees in. Harper, I don't think he can get the Yankees in where he is neighborhood wise because they're not going to settle for any money. Machado sounds like a little bit more wants to play, would like to be with the Yankees. So it sounds like he might mark down the price a little bit. Sounds like Harper's going to wind up with the Giants and the Phillies. But Machado, we'll see. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? I don't think they need him. If they get him, is it the end of the world? No. You know? We've seen the Yankees do this before. They didn't need Stanton. They brought him in. 
They can they can make it work with Machado just like they can make it work with Tulowitzki. That's not going to decide whether that that itself will not be the decision or will not be the piece that decides whether the Yankees win 100 games next year. The Yankees win 100 games next year because they pitch right, stay healthy, keep their core players healthy. They'll be right in the 95 to 100 area because they're good enough to do that. They got enough players. They got enough power. They got enough pitching. They got a big enough and deep enough bullpen to do that. Do they need Manny Machado? They don't. Are they a little better if they get him? Of course they are. I mean, they got some things to juggle in, but do they? Are they a better team? Well, heck, anytime you add a player who's an upgrade, and obviously, if they write Machado's name in the shortstop, he's an upgrade. Like I said, do they need him? No. They didn't need Stanton. They didn't need Stanton. They would have been just fine without him. And they were fine with him. They didn't win a World Series, but they won 100 games. And if they go into playoffs and don't pitch right in the big games again, they'll lose again. No matter who's in the lineup. If there's no short series, you got to pitch. If you don't pitch, you don't win. You don't get big outs and get big hits, you don't win. That's the bottom line. That's what happens in short series. You get big hits and big outs or you don't win. So that's where we are with DeGrom. That's where we are with Machado. You hear the NFL start to move their pieces around on the board with the free agents. I'll tell you right now, I don't want Bell or Brown. Not at that price. Not with their baggage. I don't want either one. Bye-bye. Let someone else deal with it. Let someone else pay them foolhardy money and have them ruin another team. No way. They got enough years on them and enough baggage that I'm not paying them top dollar. You're out of your mind, too. And there's out there people, oh, you got to get him. You got to get this guy. He's so good, and this guy's so good, and this guy's so good. The top eight highest-paid wide receivers have been to two Super Bowls actually played in one and won none. Not imperative. Not imperative to build your team that way. How did the Steelers do with both of them last year? Really well, right? Where were they? Did we see them in the playoffs? With both of them? No less getting one or the other? Back after this. <laughs> 